with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Eddie Scully. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of Scoreline on KCLR. Myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat today. We'll be looking. We'll be looking at some um, big things from this weekend of sport. There's been some brilliant sport in action all throughout the weekend. Um, like the Irish rugby team beating Argentina, of course, uh, over the weekend. That was a brilliant result for them. Raffili unfortunately crashed out of the Leinster hurling champ- or Leinster football championship at the weekend with some brilliant racing. And we'll be catching up with Kevin O'Ryan to discuss that. And of course, Ellen Malloy's exploits as well on the soccer pitch for Wexford Jutes yesterday in the FAI Cup final. And Colin Whelan for UCD will be catching up on that as well. But first, we're going to start with Willie Quinlan, who's joining me. He was on commentary yesterday for the Ratville versus St. Martin's game in Loud. And Willie didn't go to plan, unfortunately. No, it, it didn't, Eddie. Um, I suppose looking at even before the game when, when we got the a couple of changes on the team, a couple of lineups. Um, Robbie Malloy, the goal was was missing, and Tom Pinkenden came in for him. Paul Corner, fullback, was missing, and Collie Bourne uh, was missing. Tony Bulger was missing as well, and Danny Malloy, I think, was suspended from the previous game. So you're talking about possibly five five off the the panel that would have three them would have started in the county final. So it was always going to be an uphill battle for them. Um, Nave Martin were, are a team that were in five county finals. The last four county finals in Loud won the last two. They've won three minors in a row. And you could see early on, uh, Sam Mulroy was their main man. He was centre forward for the Loud team that beat uh, Carlo and Dr. Cullen Park there earlier on in the year. And he was to be a huge effect. I think he's kicked nine points, five points from freeze, uh, four from play. And they just found it very difficult to maintain him. And Connor Whelan was a corner forward. He kicked one three from play. And the struggle, I suppose, two seven to four points at half time, and and Rapilly were actually playing with the wind. So this was a very organised team, very strong physically, uh, very good in the tackle, and they kind of did what Aero done to what Rapilly done to Aero the previous week. That they were so hungry for the ball, you know, it, it worked really in their favour. They were very very strong. You know, looking at the the injuries there, and 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 it is it it is a big loss to any team to lose kind of four or five players, like you said, just before you know before the match. But how quickly they had to turn around from winning a county final to come out and play in the first round of the Leinster Championship. This really did hurt Ratville, I think. Yeah, it did, and and Dave Martin had two weeks uh, to, to recover, obviously, from their county final win, and it, it it is very difficult because obviously there was little bits of celebrations going on. Uh, Sunday, possibly Monday, we're not really sure, but that has to take a, a toll. And all the games came really, really quick, the quarterfinal, the semi-final, the final. So week after week they were playing, and then they were asked to go out the, the straight away the following week. So probably wasn't enough time to recover from game to game. And then when you pick up a couple of injuries, it makes it even more difficult, Eddie. And, and Willie, you know, and I'm, this might sound like a stupid statement, but Ratfilly in fairness to them, they've been a few years waiting to get back to the top table at Carlo Football. So it has to be expected when they do go and win that title that they're going to go out and celebrate it. Like, titles don't come that easy. So, you know, I wouldn't question any Ratfilly player for going out and celebrating Sunday and Monday and then trying to get back into the thick of it. But is there, is there really a necessary, is it that necessary that we play these games so quickly in the Leinster Championship? Like, you know, to come out the following week, would it not have made more sense to give Ratfilly a two-week break there? Well, my my opinion on it is last year we started off with the hurling and played the full hurling championship and left the football 
uh, till second. And this year we've done exactly the same. I thought this year we should have got the football championship played first, have a couple of weeks then for someone to, to really give it a good go, maybe three or four weeks to go to their club championship. But it, it just didn't work out that way. It, it would came game after game after game and then put straight in the week. You might as well say uh, six days, you know, you're straight into the next game. And it was always going to be difficult because if you do pick up one or two injuries, it doesn't matter whether it's Raphaelier or Valentine, you just you haven't time to recover already, and that's the that's the biggest problem. You should at least have two or three weeks for uh, for to recover into the club championship. We see our well, Leinster Rangers; they lent the time they're waiting to play their championship, and they've put it off for another week. Uh, I think because TJ Reid is getting married next next week, so in fairness to them, they put off the, the their first round for an extra week, and I think they're probably. Six weeks out, you know, since they've won the the senior hurling championship, so we definitely could have gave Raffili, uh, Raffili another week, and uh, you know maybe they might have had a couple of injuries back and maybe to a full squad, and it could have been a different story. Yeah, no, it's it, it is. It was just like I obviously seen the the Ballyhale game has been switched, and I know my own club, Gary Castle, drew last week with Saint Normans. Unfortunately, we're beaten after extra time yesterday. But you know, when I see games like that going to replays it does say that there is a time frame that you could allow it. And, and sometimes, you know, for the, for the smaller counties and, and, and teams like that, you might feel a little bit hard done by. But I definitely did feel for Ratfilly yesterday. And I kind of felt if Aerog had a beaten Ratfilly, you, you know, they might have been better prepared for the Leinster Championship in the sense that they mightn't have been celebrating as hard after winning it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I actually think, looking, looking at the game, I know it would have been a totally different, different game, but looking at the way... Uh, Nave Martin said yesterday I think Aero would have even struggled to, uh, to beat them and that's they would, unless they were really up to Aero haven't played to, to the same effect as they had in the last three years they were poor this year in, in championships they were barely getting over games playing maybe for 10 minutes and be, beating teams in those 10 minutes didn't happen in the final I think they would have struggled this Nave Martin team were very strong they were very physical they were very organised um, the, the, the work that they put in in the last four years in the club it's just really standing to them now, and um, they've had, you know, a, a huge background staff. Um, they, they had dietitians, they had uh, sports psychologists, they, they had just everything in, in their favour. And you could see it yesterday because physicality, the way they moved the ball, the way they got their scores, they just seemed to be in, in a different league than than Rathfilly, Albeit Rathfilly were missing a couple of players. I think any. Carroll team that, that uh, went up there would have struggled yesterday. No, Willie, as always, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. It wasn't to be for Rathfilly yesterday, but sure, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll have many more days and it'll be interesting to see how St. Martins go on in the rest of this championship. Yeah, definitely. And I think Rathfilly will have many more days. That They brought in four or five good young players uh, just, just to give them a taste of uh, Leinster Championship. And that can all but be, you know, a positive for Rathfilly. And, you know, going forward, they, they look like. Uh, a really good team and they have lots of young lads coming on so for the future I think Raffaele will be there for a while as well at least. No, and hopefully and hopefully Carlo football will keep improving every year as well Willie as always it's been a pleasure to chat to you this evening thanks a million for taking the call Great, thanks Eddie thank you and it is of course our own Willie Quinlan there who was calling the game yesterday between Raffaele and St Martins of Loud and St Martins obviously won out convincing winners in that game but hard luck to all involved in Raffaele and who've had a wonderful year it must be said and are very good Carlos Senior Football Champions but unfortunately yesterday wasn't to be their day we're going to take a quick ad break there and we're going to horse racing when we come back 
full-time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartsvolkswagen.ie. And you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. And of course, before the break, I said to you we were going to be switching our attentions to horse racing. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by my good friend, Kevin O'Ryan from Racing TV. Kevin, good evening. Very good evening to you, Eddie. Kevin, absolutely brilliant jumps racing over the weekend. Uh, I want to have a look back on some of it with you there, if we can. Now, we'll start with Gorham Park, uh, Kevin. The return of Bob Ollinger, a really exciting return. We were all excited to see him. Did he live up to the expectations? Uh, he did, Eddie. That was a very strong beginner's chase. Uh, you know, you you had some high-rated uh, hurdle uh, horses from the hurdling sphere making their uh, debut over fences as well. And obviously, Willie Mullins' horse Picardy is a good yardstick. Also, I know he's not as good over fences, and hence he's the, still a maiden over fences. But he was a high-rated hurdle horse, and you know, for his first run of the season, Bob Ollinger, I thought he jumped extremely well. There's still a little bit to work on, but you'd expect that from a novice, as you know better. Uh, than anybody, uh, Gorham Park fences take a bit of jumping as well and uh, I thought he looked, now I wasn't there, I was away for the weekend but watching on TV and listening to Jane Mangan and Fran Berry who were there for racing TV that uh, all he's going to do is improve from the run, he looked like he was carrying plenty of condition for his first outing of the season and he got in a little bit tight for the last but I'd imagine he was probably just getting a little bit tired at that stage but all in all it was a very impressive performance I thought he jumped extremely well with a little bit to work on but you'd expect that for a horse having his first start of the season and secondly his first start over fence Yeah and like I want to touch on two horses in the race um, as you say Picardy's grade one winning hurdler didn't take to the fences it was tried then went back hurdling again I was really impressed with Picardy's run in that race um, you know he put it right up to Bob Ollinger for the whole race he kind of dictated everything and it was kind of about just when they were wheeling down the hill going for three out Picardy seemed to drop it into fifth gear now and said let's see what Bob Ollinger's got in the locker and the two of them literally they flew like two flat horses down into that ter- third last hurdle but Picardy's could have a decent season ahead of him like he's, he's he really did improve his jumping well, he did. That was his best round of jumping we've seen. Now, it wouldn't be hard to be better than what we've seen thus far. He'd left a lot to be desired, a bit of X-rated stuff. Now, the way he jumped fences prior to that. But I thought he was put perfectly to the day. You must remember, Eddie, he's rated 148 over hurdles. And he's a good yardstick, especially the way he jumped as well. He's jumped really, really well. But uh, remember that race, uh, both the Plutard and Manila end up, both got beaten at beginner's chase in their novice, novice career. So... Uh, it always it always is a very difficult beginner's chase to win and as you say when you have the legs of a Plutard and Manila end up both getting beat in recent years in that particular novice chase it just shows the strength and depth of that chase that Gordon did the day but Bacardi's as I say he jumped really well he's rated 148 over hurdles and uh, you couldn't but be impressed with Bob Allender Yeah no he was he was definitely um, he was definitely uh, the top billing on the day I know it was the first race on the day a lot of people were a bit Frustrated that the, it was the first race to go to post, but unfortunately we ran our chases uh, earlier than our hurdles. We switched the running order for a change, and sure you weren't to know that we were uh, if we hadn't got declarations at that stage. Obviously, we would have had Bob Ollinger later on the card. The, it was Kilkenny Senior Hurdlers Day on Saturday as well, and in fairness to Kilkenny GEA, that every race sponsored on the day. But the, the race that stood out for me, Kevin, on track on the day was the Proficient Engineering Limited Maiden, and it was won by a horse of Gordon Elliott's for the same owners of Bob Ollinger, uh, Saint Felicia. I thought that horse was seriously impressive. 
Yeah, he was very impressive as well. He came with a big reputation. Uh, he had uh, come from France, and uh, I'd say there's a lot of, uh, an awful amount of improvement in him. Gordon Elliott said that, that afterwards and even beforehand as well. He was suggesting whatever he's going to do today, he's going to improve on. But uh, he came with a big reputation. He duly obliged. That's not a bad horse of Parry Broaches that was back in second, slip of the tongue. And uh, now, obviously, Willie Mungs is horse Dark Voyager. He's run way below par. Uh, that run was too bad to be true. That wasn't his true running. But, you know, you just have to be impressed by the way the winner has jumped. He got in a bit tight again into the last as well. But it's his first run of the season, first run for a while. And, uh, you know, speaking to, listening to Gordon Elliott afterwards, all the Sars is going to do is improve. It'll be interesting to see uh, where he goes next. And, uh, but, uh, you know, Gordon is obviously a big, strong, a decent, uh, big team of uh, smart novice hurdlers this season. And uh, T. Hope being another one, uh, well, he's second season novice, isn't he? Same owners of uh, Brian Atchison's Rob Corps. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes next uh, with, uh, with, uh, with that winner. And, like, I know, I'm, I know I'm asking you to look into a crystal ball, but is, is that a horse you could see, you know, being a lively contender and a supreme novice hurdler or a Ballymore next year at Cheltenham? Oh, well, look, Eddie, there's a lot of water going to the, under the bridge uh, from, from obviously Saturday, but all you can do is beat what's put in front of you. He came with a big reputation in France, as I say, and, uh, you know, listening to what Gordon said, he's going to improve a lot from it. So, you know, I'll have to go and see him again, to be honest. And I just wouldn't be running away saying, oh, this horse is, I'm going to have a few quid anti-post and this horse is Cheltenham. I don't like betting anti-post anyway, because normally if I do uh, back them anti-post, they either don't get there to get injured or they run in a different bloody race. So uh, I gave that up a long time ago. But for me, look, he'll, I'll have to go and see him again, to be fair. And I look forward to seeing him. I suppose with the next we'll see him is somewhere around Christmas time, let it be Leperstown or Limerick. I'd imagine Leperstown. But uh, I'd say we just forget actually how close Christmas is. It's only, what, four or five weeks? Yeah, this is it, yeah. But uh, no, I'll have to go and see him. Uh, see him again. Maybe another one, the Lawler's Hotel, the Grade 1, Lawler's Hotel at... Uh, at, uh, nice. or, sorry, at Nace uh, in early January. Maybe he mightn't have that much experience. I don't know. But Gordon likes to run uh, some top horses of his in that race. But uh, look, time will tell, but I'd need to go and see him again. He's a horse with a lot of potential and a lot of promise. But uh, he'll learn plenty from that. And I'd like to see him when he steps up in class. We'll stay. Is he going to win at Shelton or not? Yeah, no, no. Well, hopefully we'll be all shouting shouting on from, of course. Bob Ollinger was beaten in that maiden last year by Fernie Hollow. Um, so that was a fairly top-class maiden last year. And I hope this year's race will end up being something similar. I'm sure you're not going to get a Fernie Hollow and Bob Ollinger every year in a maiden. But last year was an exceptional one. I want to stay in Ireland. And I want to stay with Gordon Elliott's yard for a second as well. Yesterday, Troy Town Chase, the biggest day of the year in Navan. It's it's their Toyeste's day. It's their Toyeste's chase as well. The winner, Run Wild Fred, that's exactly what he did. One of your jockeys, Davy Russell, they, they absolutely went out and just put them all to the sword for start to finish job. Ah, yeah, he'd loads of experience as well. It's hard to believe he was still a maiden. He was the class horse in the race. Remember, like he was runner up in uh, Gosteyesti, the Gore Park last season, and he was wasn't he runner up in an Irish National as well at Fairy House. So he'd oodles of experience. Second season novice, still a maiden over fences. And obviously he's run the last day season reappearance over a trip short of his best. That was in Cork. He was, wasn't he runner up to Everett Mullins? He's a very smart Cape gentleman. I know he got beat, but he got beat by another horse of uh, a filly of gardens getting all the allowances at Punchestown two weeks ago. But uh, that was a really good run by Run Wild Fred. He started favourite for a reason. He had the form in the book. Uh, 
and obviously the experience as well. But uh, he jumped him into submission. He jumped out, bounced out back over a trip that's uh, his, you know, near enough his best. He's a stayer all day long. And uh, I look, it never really looked in doubt. If he'd have backed him, he didn't have too many anxious moments around. He's jumped from fence to fence and probably just getting a little bit lonesome coming down to the last because, as Davy Russell said afterwards in Racing TV, he asked him plenty at each fence to come up for him. You can only get away with that for a certain length of time. And he said he was just starting to feel he was getting a little bit tired. So he didn't want to ask him again. He knew he'd the race in the bag. He didn't want to ask him to come up outside the wing. So he's played safe. He's let him go in and pop the last. And uh, he's run out a good winner in the end from a stable companion, Farkla. Remember, he had some rock-solid form. He had some really, really good form. And there's definitely a big stay in chase to be won with him. And Mr. Fogpatch is, of course, local. He and Gorham Park trained by Pat Bay in, uh, in Lachlan Bridge. He's run a cracker just to get chinned on the line by Farkler for second. But run while Fred Gordon said afterwards that uh, the National Hunt chase at Cheltenham uh, would be the race that appeals to him most. But as he said, Michael O'Leary probably a different, uh, different opinion than that. But uh, big season for him ahead. But it's good that he, he and deservedly so, after being beaten and obviously Goss Tiestes and the Irish Grand National that he won a big pot so early in the season. Yeah, and Farkla is a, 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 another high-class horse as well. I, 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 I expected Farkla last year to go very well in the Tiestes and I think could could rock up at this year's Goff Tiestes chase as well and, and, and hopefully he will and, and, and run accordingly. We're going to jump across the water as well. There was some super racing in England before we get to the the main course, let's call it, the the other horse that really impressed me in Haydock at the weekend was a former Dunica Doyle graduate, Brave Man's Game. I thought he 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 got his jumping together and had a, had a, a brilliant win on on Saturday. Yeah, he was very impressive. I didn't get to see him now because I was away for uh, I was away for the weekend and I saw a few races from Gordon and obviously saw Blue Tard. We'll come to him in a moment winning the Betfair. But just reading about Brave Man's Game afterwards. He sounded like he's jumped extremely well and was very, very impressive indeed. So it'll be interesting to see where we see him next. And then on to the main course, of course, Henry the Bromhead, who's all conquering at the moment. He's having the, the year of the year of all years, really. Over to England, Betfair Chase, never been won by an Irish trained winner. I was stunned when I read that. Uh, I was I was so surprised. I was sure Willie or someone would have done it, but no Irish winner of a Betfair Chase ever. Willie puts in a horse, or, or sorry, Henry puts in a blue tired Rachel on board. Of course, Michael Winters at Chatham Street, lad. But my God, a blue tired just absolutely destroyed them. Uh, he was different class, Eddie, wasn't he? And how well he jumped as well. Obviously, it's well documented. He's a horse who is better going left-handed and very, very hard to fall. It was hard to believe when you look back at it, that's, uh, but maybe it's just Gordon's the wrong wrong way around. That's probably why he got beaten up beginner chase a few years ago at Gordon Park, Eddie. But uh, what a horse he is and the way he jumps, he's so, so impressive. He just jumps from fence to fence. He's just a natural over fences. And again, a little bit uh, <coughs> like Run Wild Fred in a different sense. Obviously, he's a lot better horse than uh, Run Wild Fred. But if you'd have backed the blue card, if you'd taken a short price about him, you're confident all the way. They went the right good gallop, as they always do in England. And Rachel rode him with so much confidence. And you knew from a long way out this horse was uh, was always going to win. Great starting point for him as well. Obviously, I think the next step for him is uh, to defend his crown in the Savills Chase at Leperstown over Christmas. And then on to the uh, Cheltenham Gold Cup. But uh, like you must remember last season in the Savills, that was the first time this horse had ran over that trip. And uh, you know he's the one they all have to beat if 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 they all get there in one piece. Of course, Minilenda comes into the reckoning as well if he goes to uh, the Savage Chase at Cheltenham. I'd imagine Henry might try to split them up. Well, I'm only guessing, 
that Henry might try to split them up. I know they're owned by two different owners, but you would try and split them up because if you've got two of the best staying chasers around, you'll try and win as many big races as you can with them. Instead of throwing two of them at the one race, you would have thought maybe the option is is to say run one in the King George maybe and obviously one in the Savills and try and uh, try and don't have them taking each other on until you get to the Cheltenham Gold Cup if that makes sense yeah and uh, see it's a problem and that is a real tough problem for Henry because you know you've you've also got Envoy Allen in the yard as well who potentially I don't know would Envoy Allen be a King George horse yes that's interesting he probably will too you know Envoy Allen it was great to see him back he's bolted up and down Royal but he beat nothing uh, you can't fault the way he won he jumped very well and he was very impressive indeed. But, you know, still just, uh, you know, it was a great starting point for Envoy Allen. It's very hard to know when he goes, when he's thrown in against the likes of a Plutard, Manila Endo. Is he as good as those? Only time will tell. Uh, obviously, he's got the potential. But it's a great, it, it, Henry de Bromhead's in a great position. And it's a, it's a great head scratcher to have. How am I going to keep these horses apart? three brilliant horses and uh, obviously Envoy Allen won with so much potential he proved it last year until obviously his uh, fall at Cheltenham and then his below power effort at the Punchestown Festival but he got his season back in very impressive fashion but as I say he beat nothing but uh, uh, Henry de Bromhead's in a great position at the moment and please God all horses stay in one piece and we look forward to seeing them wherever we see them next No Kevin, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to hopefully speaking to you next week. Obviously, the national hunt season is really getting into fifth gear now and with the Christmas festival at Fairy House coming up next weekend and we'll see a couple more superstars coming out. So it'll be very interesting to get your take on them next week if you're around. Oh, yeah, I'll be around, Eddie. Looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the Christmas, or, sorry, the Christmas festival. The, the meeting at Fairy House next weekend. Uh, Bar1Racing.com, Hatton's Grace Hurdle, Honeysuckle. Uh, there's so much to look forward to. Uh, her and uh, really looking forward to see her coming back around bar1racing.com uh, Ryan Pond Novice Hurdle as well cracking race the Drinmore also as well and uh, all we need now is a bit of rain and uh, obviously Willie Mullins is ready in his battalions as well and that's only a, a matter of time before Willie unleashes all of his uh, aeroplanes and we look forward to seeing that uh, them coming out but we do need a, a little bit of rain yeah and I can assure you of one thing Kevin it'll definitely rain soon there's no doubt about that Eddie it might wash away the COVID <laughs> hopefully hopefully Kevin as always <laughs> thanks a million for, for taking the call this evening Pleasure's always, Ed. Cheers, Cheers, Kev. That is, of course, right. Kevin O'Ryan of Racing TV there bringing us up to date with all things horse racing. And congratulations, of course, again to, to both Willie, or Henry the Bromhead, I should say, and Rachel Blackmore with a blue tired at Haydock, becoming the first Irish trained winner ever of the Betfair Chase. We're going to take a quick break there. And when I come back, we're going to be talking all things rugby. Full time on KCLOR, with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Lahards Volkswagen and you're very welcome back to Full Time on KCLR. At the weekend, the Irish rugby team brought the Autumn Series to an end with an emphatic win over Argentina on a scoreline of 53-7. That was a clean sweep for the Autumn Series for Ireland, running in seven tries. Killian, you must have been really impressed with that performance. Yeah, to continue on, NEA Fulls, where they went, started off against Japan, it was good. New Zealand, obviously, was the highlight, and then to finish it off against Argentina, look, it's... it's been a really encouraging period for Irish rugby. You know what I mean? We've seen real progression. 
Um, and it's good. It's great. We're, we're in a much better place than we thought we were, I suppose. And then, like, when Andy Farr looks at his report card after the Autumn Series, like, I expected a load of changes for the Argentina game, probably foolishly, but he, he really did put out a really strong team there. Like, I mean, yeah. like his front row was probably, it, not probably, it is Ireland's first choice front row. You had Andrew Porter, Ronan Kelleher, and Ty Furlong in the front row. 100% agree with you. I, w- I thought he would have, like, kind of, he keep the Earls. I'd expected to maybe get a run. Uh, I might have, uh, Craig Casey, I thought, might, might have started. But, I uh, look, it, it's, if you're a young star, if you're coming into the team, it's probably easier to come in and, uh, and set down your own market when, like, the team is quite set. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, Joey Carberry getting man of the match, it probably helps that Ireland had a, a fully loaded team to go that out that day, like, to give them the best opportunity to play well. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. But, like, when I was watching, like, the performance itself, like, what you need is consistency. So... I think yeah. I can see why he's doing this. You'd be you'd be trying to bed players in. Andrew Porter, in fairness to him, you know he's going to have a few wobbles in the scrum. That's going to happen at the moment. You know he needs time to bed into that position. But he's he's done really really well in it. You know, all, all albeit that he's had to switch sides in the scrum. Yeah, no, he has. Look, what, what he's doing is in, like I, I can't tell you like firsthand, but it's incredibly difficult. Do you know what I mean? So he's gone. He started off with a loose, then he went to tight, and now he's back with loose heads. You know, like it's just. And he keeps like a couple of wobbles here and there, Eddie, but there's nothing drastic, you know what I mean? And the Irish scrum and what he what he does like himself, Kelleher and Ty Farlang are just incredible like rugby players. And then Dan Sheen there again getting game time of the weekend. He is like a real dynamo and really want to look out for now in the future. Yeah, the the other players like I watched. I kind of watched them a bit more at the weekend after you said it to, said it to me last week about Keelan Doris. Like you know, in our scrum. You had three or four players that I actually, and, and I'm not a rugby, I'm not a person who studies the game, but in watching the game, in my, and this is genuine, I honestly felt Tyke Furlong never put a foot wrong in the whole game. Tyke Byrne, I thought was just brilliant. Josh yeah. Vander Flair literally rocked my world as well. I just thought this guy is insane. And then Caelan Doris, I mean, like, well, Andy Farrell must think he's won the lotto with these guys. Uh, well, to be fair, like, Caelan Doris, was always brilliant. Like he probably would have went on the Lions tour uh, if he had been fit. His big issue was uh, like he struggled with concussions. Do you know what I mean? Um, but he, he's a class class operator. Just van der Fleur, maybe eighteen months ago, was told that he needed to be more physical uh, and in attack. He's like he's always been a great groundhog and really really good defensively. But now he's added a, a real physicality going forward, and as a result, like he's really fulfilling his potential. Like, yeah, as you said, he must. He must. There's a lot of lot of hard work gone in, though. Do you know what I mean? And not only does Andy Farrell deserve credit, but like maybe Paul O'Connell, etc. And definitely then the provinces as well. Into the backs, Killian. Um And it's it. You know, obviously, it's an essential part of the game, as you would say, the most essential. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it like it is a really essential part of the game. I I, I don't know. I I thought Conor Murray was quite poor. Um, even allowing for the dominance of the Irish performance, I, I just felt, I don't know what it was. that For me, anyway, I just felt he, he just didn't, he seemed a little bit at sea in the game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, Conor Murray, like, to me, is probably, oh, I'm going to probably rile a few people up here with this, but probably the best scrum half Ireland I've ever had. Uh, and, like, I just think he's, he, he has been classed 
maybe he's not playing to the same level that he once was but I don't know I, I think he's still important I still think he's like having him there is much I, well, put it like this I think he's better than Craig Casey um, at this moment in time yeah, no, that's 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 a fair enough point. Uh, into the backs, then into the the rest of the backs. James Lowe, another solid performance. Joey Carberry coming in and out half. Um, I thought Joey did very well. Yeah, I think that's the most pro- out of the weekend. Uh, again, like Caelan Doris is very good again, but I thought Joey Carberry, eighty minutes playing very well. Like that in itself is probably more beneficial to Irish rugby. Like. You heard them after the match, like it's all about like two years' time is when they're targeting, which is great to hear. But like Joey, like you mentioned last week, Johnny Sexton out for six weeks. Like you really do have to have like two or three options for every position. Like and like they're starting to build a real squad, which is the most encouraging thing. Like Gary, uh, Robbie Henshaw back again at the weekend. Like you have three very very good centres now going forward. Uh, you have Joey Carberry and you've Johnny Sexton. And maybe even Harry Byrne, like you're really building strength and depth, and that's what you're going to need if you're really wanting to compete at the World Cup. Yeah, no, no, I couldn't agree more. Robbie Henshaw at the weekend wasn't his greatest game. I think Robbie can do no wrong. He walks on water for me, so yeah. I'll allow him to have poor games every now and again. He wasn't wonderful. Hugo Keenan had another good game, and of course, uh, Robert Ballin. Cowie, he was he was quite good. I'm after making a right balls pronouncing that name, but I gave it my best shot. Um, do you want to have a go at pronouncing it, Killian? No. <laughs> okay. Really, yeah, yeah. Come on, Balukune, but he he played very well, the Ulster player. But I've I've one question before I let you go, Killian, and 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 it's Jerry Flannery straight after the match. He said he felt there was too many Leinster players involved. <laughs> what does he want? Like unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. Like I'm a big Leinster fan, so like the best players in the country are coming from there. So like it's, I I don't really know what like you can say to that. Um, like, you could have like I wondered why they didn't ask him why he had no problem when there was too many Munster players there about 15 yeah, years ago. He, he came into the team and like, I think was there all Munster pack at one stage. Yes, Malcolm Kelly might have been the only one that. Uh, Started, but no, like I think everything ebbs and flows, but it just shows like the work that the Leinster Academy and the youth are doing, like like the school system now for like Leinster schools is just like providing talent, so much talent. As you said, like you you don't forget now, like Ty Byrne is like a a so-called Leinster well reject at this stage, which is not the right way to phrase it, but. Like he couldn't get his game with Leinster. Andrew Conway probably was on, played in a lot of games, but like probably didn't fulfil his potential there. Like it's, I don't know. They, they keep providing, like so. I don't really know what, where he's going with that day. I think it's just Munster bitterness being swung in there at the end there because. <laughs> well, I, I like it. I have a quick one. What did you think about France's performance against New Zealand? I only got to see them coming out of the backs at one stage where they defended from inside their own line and ran a ball the whole length of the field. Yeah. And I just thought, all is good in the world again because the French just literally just want to keep throwing that ball around the field and playing rugby the way it should be played. Did it put the Irish result into context, a little bit more context for you? It, it did a small, but I think, I think Ireland did pulverise France um being honest, I think French rugby is in a poor place. It has been for a while, but yeah. they're still pretty exciting to watch. But I mean, I said it to you the last day, and I'll say it again: these are glorified friendlies. And uh, when you see, yeah. you know, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters watching France sometimes. I don't think we'll uh, start crowning ourselves world champions at this stage. And similar, something similar, like 
England beat South Africa there at the weekend and they they completely blew it way more up than it should have been do you know what I mean so no, well, Killian, I as I said to you look as I said to you before and I'll say it to you again we'll be ranked number one in the world in about six months time and you'll be telling me that we're going to win the World Cup and I'll be trying to keep a lid on the whole thing as always Killian, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you today I hope you enjoyed the autumn series and you can enjoy being ranked number three in the world as we head into Christmas Thanks very much. You're a star. Thanks a million, Killian. That is, of course, Killian Lett joining us there to talk all things rugby. Killian will be absolutely delighted, of course, with Ireland's performances as well. Was a fine rugby player in his day. He's calling out lads saying that they're Leinster rejects. Killian himself knows how difficult it is to make the Leinster team. We're going to take a quick ad break right there. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards. The home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. Lahards Volkswagen. Thanks, Ashley. And there you press that red button there, good woman yourself. You're very welcome back to Full Time on Casey Law. We're into the last four minutes of today's show and we couldn't let the show pass without talking to somebody in Thomastown United about their starlet uh, Ellen Malloy's exploits last night. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Willie Lennon. Willie, uh, you must be a very proud man today. Yeah, we sure are. Everyone is proud of her. She's a brilliant lady, so she is. And goes around about her business rate. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. And Willie, Willie, like not just Ellen as well. I think it'd be very remiss of us not to point it out as well. Colin Whelan, another product of Thomastown United Football Club. Um, like what? A, what a player he's turning out to be. Unbelievable. I mean, there, he he seems to be in demand up there, and he's just getting on with his business and, and, and firing ahead. You know, it's it's great. It's great for the club, actually. It's great for the town. It's great, and more so, it's great for their families because it's. They've put the work into him, you know. And f- and for yourself, somebody that's been involved in Thomastown United since since the very beginning, you know, like it, it I'm must. Not that old. You're not that. Old. <laughs> you've been you've been involved with the schoolboy setup for a long time, Willie. But you know, it's it's it, like it, it must be. It must give everybody in the club such a huge lift to see players, you know, of Ellen's caliber and and, and Collie's caliber going on and doing as well as they've been doing. It's unbelievable, and it's it's making a massive difference. I mean that our Girls have gone up from fifty something to a hundred and something in, in a matter of three or four years. You know, it's it's and there's all down to the island with some great coaches here and that's to put in big effort into it. But you know, and it's nice to get something out of it at the end of the day and see the two of them moving on. It's brilliant. And and Ellen herself, uh, unfortunately, she tweaked her hamstring in last night's game, so she's had to cry out of uh, Vera Powell's Ireland panel. It won't be too long before we see her in the green of Ireland again, though. Oh, I hope, yeah, I was talking to her father there a few minutes ago, so hopefully it's not that serious and, you know, she just taken her stride because she's, she's an absolutely brilliant girl, like, you know, and she, she railed down to earth and, so it's, it's brilliant and hopefully she will be back there and last night's display I thought was absolutely wonderful when things weren't going right in the first half, she just knuckled down and kept working away and, and, and it, came right like you know No she is she's a, a little diamond and in fairness to her she had a hand in all three goals and I think you know a very deserved uh, player of the match last night as well but Oh without without doubt yeah No well Willie thanks a million for taking the call today um, congratulations to you all in Thomastown United and of course congratulations mainly to to, to Ellen Malloy and, and Colin Whelan for the, for the weekends they have and hopefully we'll have many more in Thomastown to celebrate over the next couple of years 
Yeah, and just the best to look to Colly on Friday night if he play his old club Waterford now and hopefully he, he can do the business so in the playoff. So We'll all be tuning in there. I think we're meant to be shouting for Waterford, but obviously we'll be all <laughs> shouting for UCD. Uh, Willie, th- thanks a million again for taking the call. Take care. Mind Cheers. You, that is, of course, uh, Willie Lennon, who is the chairman of the schoolboy section at Thomastown United Football Club. Thanks a million to all our contributors tonight. Up next, with Fully Loaded, is the brilliant Ashley and Kelly, so make sure you tune in and enjoy the show, and I'll see you all next Monday night. Full time on KCLOR, with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, Lahards Volkswagen.ie.